The Denver Broncos got some good news on the injury side of things with several key players returning to practice. Does this provide Broncos country with a sigh of relief? Plus, we dive into a preview of joint training camp practices. You're going to get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. For all you everydayers out there, make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast for free so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content, coverage, analysis, and more every single day, all year long. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by my friend, my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The Fountain of Youth is back here as the Broncos had several players who've been injured and have missed practice return to practice. Some good signs here for the Broncos on an indoor day at the Pat Bolin Fieldhouse. Sarah, I can tell you this. It was so nice to have some air conditioning to get a little bit of you know respite from the sun and the heat and having to wear a hoodie out there. Overall, it was a ramp-up period of practice here for the Broncos, but key guys, Justin Simmons, Mike McGlinchey, Tyler Beatty, Brandon Johnson, Chris Manhurts, all these guys were back at practice with their helmets on. That's a great sign as the Broncos prepare for their final week of the NFL preseason. Cody, you know, what's funny is uh, I was thinking back to the game and I, w- I didn't even realize as the game was ongoing on Saturday that Chris Manhurts wasn't playing, right? I know we know Tyler Beatty wasn't out there. Simmons, yeah, we didn't expect him. McGlinchey, we didn't expect him. I forgot or didn't know that Chris Manhurts wasn't going to play. Didn't even realize it until he popped back up as back practicing on Tuesday. So I guess you learn something new every single day. Maybe it's because Albert Okwebenam had a, a pretty good game out there, and we can talk about that as the week goes on or maybe as the episode goes on. Maybe his name will pop up again here. But really excited to have Mike McGlinchey back at practice, and no offense to Justin Simmons. We, of course, want Justin back at practice. But, man, Mike McGlinchey is such a key piece of the Broncos' 2023 offensive plans. It would be – you just you just don't want to go into week one with him just coming back to practice that week of that game against the Raiders. So glad that he's getting back up to speed. I guess we kind of TBD on where he's at in terms of – practicing in full against the LA Rams and things like that. But great to see him ramping back up and also number 31 back out there, Cody. I mean, uh, it's just, it's probably not a welcome sight for Russell Wilson and the offense. We'll say that. Well, we know wide receiver Jalen Virgil got placed on the team's injured reserve. Do you want to fill in Broncos fans who may have questions? Because I think around this time of the year, everyone's like, okay, if you go on injured reserve, does that mean your season is officially over? Obviously if Virgil is an important part of what the Broncos want to do, but does he have to miss the season here, sir? Well, no, he actually doesn't, which is, you know, a similar situation. We actually have some precedents for this. Brandon Johnson last year, remember, he went on injured reserve before roster cuts and, and the, the initial 53 man was finalized. So the way that this will have to work, of course, is going to be complicated for the Broncos. But 
the the meniscus injury that he suffered, Cody, doesn't sound like a season ender. Sounds like potentially a couple of months here, but the Broncos placing him on injured reserve right now means that in order for him to play for the Broncos this year, they will have to, at some point after rosters are submitted, they'll have to waive him off of injured reserve and obviously subject him to every other team in the NFL, potentially picking him up before they would be able to bring him back, which is what they did last year with Brandon Johnson. Remember Brandon Johnson. I think, I think Brandon Johnson even had a a workout or tryout with other teams after the Broncos let him go. So there's a chance. There's always a chance that something could go down, but man, Jalen Virgil is such a key part of this team potentially and going down with the injury. Now I just can't help but think Cody, hopefully they don't try to do this maneuver of the roster before they play the jets. Hopefully it would be after they would play the jets because the last thing you would want to see is Jalen Virgil out there wearing green in Denver playing for Nathaniel Hackett's jets. But look, they can bring him back. It's just a much more complicated process right now. I think that'll clear up a lot of things here for Broncos country because I know that's a question that sometimes gets thrown around in the preseason when you have injuries, injured reserve, things like that. So there is that, but also a good sign that Brandon Johnson was back at practice here for the Broncos on Tuesday and was didn't seem limited. Like he was getting involved in team stuff. And hey, for these guys, for him and Mike McGlinchey, they suffered the injuries on the same exact day. For them to go 13 days and then make it back, you know, I think, what was the timeline? A few weeks potentially? a sign of the right direction but ultimately i think with with guys like mike mcglinchey in particular it's hey how do you manage here are you going to be a full participant as you alluded to here and joint practices beginning on wednesday with the la rams no aaron donald in that situation but it's it's work against another guy and there's going to be competitive periods that sean payton alluded to between these two teams here beginning on wednesday at the centura health training center from what i've also been told the closed practice media reporting policy is still going to be in place here. I guess the Rams are only going to have a couple of reporters come in. And so it's easy to kind of manage and say, Hey, these are the rules. So you won't find out anything as it's going on. You'll find out Broncos country more than likely after practice happens. And also you can get that daily dose here on the locked on Broncos podcast. But I, I think now with Brandon Johnson and, and Mike McGlinchey making way, I, I came away very impressed with Cam Fleming. I know we'll, we'll talk a little bit deeper about the offensive line in our upcoming segment here, but Mike McGlinchey's return is good news. You need as much reps as possible with your guys before, hey, that week one regular season matchup, we're going to go against Max Crosby. I don't think that they're going to put Crosby on McGlinchey aside, though. I think they're going to put him on both sides. So we'll see how that works, but you still have to deal with Tyree Wilson. You still have to deal with Chandler Jones. It's going to be a challenge here, and you need Mike McGlinchey to be where he's at. So Denver getting these guys back a little bit early, earlier than anticipated, but it's also good you're not getting them back the week of the game because you need to get some more conditioning. I mean, you need to be able to go through some of these things, and so I think it's good that they're back. Wanted to ask you a quick question here about, you know, for example, like Brandon Johnson's return here. Okay, so now you have Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. You have Marvin Mims. You have Brandon Johnson, and obviously there's Kendall Hinton, Marquez Callaway, little Jordan. Yesterday's episode, we talked about our concern about the wide receiver depth. How, how are you feeling now that Johnson has returned, considering the big role he has had so far with the team throughout the entire offseason? Cody, with all due respect to Brandon Johnson, I think what you just said, the Broncos, they need a wide receiver three. I mean, that's just the way I perceive it. And and whether that's somebody on the roster stepping up or whether that's them going out and acquiring somebody, I just I don't see who wide receiver three is at this point in time. And yeah, you hope eventually it can be Marvin Mims or you would hope Brandon Johnson could step into that role. But look, like 
when the Broncos lost Tim Patrick, they lost wide receiver three very clearly. And, and from that point, there's a, a huge drop off in terms, not just not in terms of talent, but in terms of guys that have proven what they can do. It's it's one wild card after another. And the wild cards are disappearing, Cody. I mean, KJ Hamler waved Tim Patrick. He's out of there. Brandon Johnson just coming off another ankle injury. Jalen Virgil. He's on injured reserve. I mean, the, the wild cards are dwindling. We have seen nothing from Marquez Callaway. We've seen very uh, iffy, I guess, play from Lil Jordan Humphrey. I don't know exactly what all you're seeing there in practices from those guys, Cody, but my perception is the Broncos need a wide receiver three. And I guess I've been banging that drum for a long time. There's a lot of people yeah. that disagree with that, but I just, I think they need to go out and make a move for somebody, whatever that looks like, whatever it may be. Speaking of getting at the Jets, Cody, maybe they let go of uh, Corey Davis out there. Maybe he could be an option, but it's slim pickings. You know, I, it just is. There's not many veterans that are available that would qualify as good options there. And I don't know what's even available in a trade or what the Broncos would pay up for. So I view it as, man, they need wide receiver three. Whether that's somebody stepping up in-house remains to be seen. We'll see how it all pans out here for the Broncos. Joint training camp practices coming up here on Wednesday at the Centura Health Training Center. But we're going to dive a little bit deeper into some conversation. We heard from Broncos head coach Sean Payton following Tuesday's practice. Talked about the offensive line and gave a glaring review of that. We'll dive deep into that, and you're going to get that on today's episode of the show. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at Bird Dogs. And Bird Dogs, they make you look good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, which give you a truly sculpted look. I know I do leg day every single day, and my quads, they look banging inside some Bird Dogs there. Bird Dog shorts do exactly the same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so that you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. So when I'm doing squats in my apartment or I'm doing my walks or jogs and things like that, I have no restriction. I can move freely inside of my bird dogs. They also use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. That's a must if you're here in this Colorado heat or if you're any place that gets a lot of heat there. One thing I also liked about bird dogs, they sent me a free hat. They sent me a free tumbler as well. I enjoy bird dogs. I enjoyed the products. They've sent me very comfortable stuff. You can wear them to bed. You can wear them on a workout. The choice is yours. You have options at your disposal here. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter promo code locked on NFL for a free white tech hack with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or promo code locked on NFL for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take off your bird dogs. We promise you. One step at a time, the Denver Broncos offensive line appears to be gelling, and obviously a key member of that offensive line is back at practice now. But what does head coach Sean Payton think of their progression so far? What's he seeing out there? I mean, obviously he's looking with a critical eye, as are all of us after the Broncos gave up 60-some-odd sacks last year. So we're going to talk about the offensive line, their progression, their progress through training camp and the preseason. But before we do, got to give a huge shout out and mile high salute to every single one of you listeners of Locked On Broncos. For you everydayers out there, you know you can find us 
free and available on all platforms. And if you're not an everydayer yet, we hope you become one and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Or if you watch us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Follow along the storylines. There's a lot of them going on right now as the Broncos progress through the preseason. Just one game left. Now joint practices against the L.A. Rams. And we love hearing from you in the comments, on Twitter, wherever it may be. We really appreciate Every single one of you that takes the time to make us part of your day and making us your first listen of the day as well. So, Cody, we've got to talk about the offensive line. That's a a big question mark for people. And I know I was pretty harsh on Ben Powers. Feels like I've kind of been, you know, put in my place a little bit. People on Twitter showing me some of the really good reps that he had against Javon Hargrave and that 49ers defensive front. And to be fair. He was going up against Javon Hargrave on a couple of those reps, one of the best interior linemen in the NFL. So I'm I'm just watching from such a critical eye because, like I said, the Broncos gave up over 60 sacks last season. It was really tough to see. And, of course, now with the starters getting limited reps, the last thing you want to see is Russell Wilson getting hit or the offensive line giving up pressures. What are you seeing or, or what are you perceiving as the offensive line's progression through now two weeks of the preseason? I, I think they've made drastic climbs from week one to week two. And and look, I even liked what Brandon Thorne had put out on Twitter as well, showing some clips of Quinn Miners. And he gave Quinn Miners some really good props. I mean, he says he calls him arguably the strongest guard in the NFL. And when you watch how fast Quinn moves, I mean, he was burying dudes. You love to see that. Cush played well. Cam Fleming as well wanted to highlight him. I thought he actually did a pretty solid job on the outside there at right tackle. And then you go through and yeah, Ben Powers had some good reps, but it's like, you know, hey, we still have to address like the one where Russ almost got sacked on the second play of the game where he found Javante for a 12-yard gain. He was able to maneuver out there. It's good that you have a mobile quarterback that can do that. There's some things he's just got to get better, but I would say overall going back and watching the All-22, he was better than I thought he was on the first watch of the game and seeing it live, right? So I will have to say that about Powers. And then Garrett Bowles played pretty well, I think. But here's the thing. It's right. Okay, you did it in this game, and I think the 49ers, their starting defense, that's a great test there because last year it was brutal against the 49ers. It was like asking for a miracle for them to even get five yards against San Francisco. Somehow late in the fourth quarter, they have like a third and 15. They get like 18 on it. I remember that. There was some magic there in Denver for that 11-10 to 10 victory, by the way. That was a wild game to be at. But the offensive line played better. And you know what? I think if there's anybody who knows that it played better, it's Broncos head coach Sean Payton. He, not, he noted from week one of the preseason to now, he said, there's still some things to clean up, but they made a drastic jump from then to now. Now you got to do it in joint practices against the L.A. Rams. So I'm excited about that. I mean, that, that kind of sets the table, though, right? When we talk about the offensive line, we want to see them perform well against the L.A. Rams, the defense. We know Aaron Donald's not going to be there, but they still have some young talent. They're still going to be competitive here in practice. They're going to be competitive more than likely this season as long as Matthew Stafford stays healthy, Cooper Cup stays healthy. But for me, I also think that joint training camp practices are imperative for getting more evaluation, right? And I had a chance to ask Broncos head coach Sean Payton a question after practice about do you pull anything back? Do you pull the curtain back a little bit when you're having a joint practice so that you don't give anything away? And he, this is exactly what he had to say. There aren't many secrets in our league. It's it's how you want to play somebody when it comes to the real games. You know, your video, there's so much video on each team. Um, so I, it's it's really about the fundamentals of practice and, and getting additional film and evaluation on a number of players that maybe are still right on the bubble. Um, 
and and I think that that these two days give us um, you know give us two two really good additional looks at guys that uh, that might be in that position, and and also for guys that are you know frontline guys for them to you know may not be playing as much in the game at all, but they'll get you know a lot of work this week. You know, in the next two practices, I, I think that's important. Well, Cody, you want to see that exactly what he talked about, evaluating guys that are on the bubble, right? You want to be able to watch what are these guys able to bring to the table in terms of what did he say? Seven, eight, nine on the depth chart. If you keep nine, right? Specifically speaking to the offensive line. And I, I like that he mentioned that because look, we've talked about it on the show. Historically speaking, Sean Payton's teams keep around eight offensive linemen. It's a, a couple years here and there where he kept nine or sometimes 10 guys. But for the most part, I'd say, I mean, I guess out of 15 years, maybe 12 or 13 of them, he kept eight. And so that's what we're kind of looking at right now. And where do the Broncos go in terms of guys like Alex Pelcheski? We've seen uh, him rise up the depth chart here in the first couple of preseason games. What about Isaiah Prince, who started week one of the preseason at right tackle, then came out with the second team as the left tackle against the 49ers? He's another one of those guys. Who else is on the bubble here? Kyle Fuller, Luke Wattenberg, guys like that. And maybe uh, Alex Forsythe, the seventh round rookie. Cody, what's your thought here on what Sean's talking about with these seven, eight, nine guys on the offensive line? Do you see it being a, a situation where it's the tackles competing for a couple spots here? Is the interior a little too crowded? Which position group do you think the Broncos are going to lean a little more heavily towards for offensive line depth? I feel like it has to be the guys that can swing, either guard center or guard tackle. I think it's a combination of that. And if there's players on the roster that could do tackle guard center, then I think it gives them a little bit of a clear-cut advantage. But they also have guys that they can put on the practice squad that are more than likely clear waivers. So it does give them more of an opportunity. If there's an injury, okay, call a guy up, bring him up, or designate and we're going to protect this guy for two weeks. There's things that they can do there. Uh, but I also like that Peyton even mentioned a little bit uh, something along the lines of it, it's not necessarily about numbers in a sense, right? I mean, obviously, I think on the offensive line, numbers are important, but I think when it comes to like other positions like receiveries, like you know, we don't really get into whether we're going to keep six or we're going to keep seven guys because it depends on how everything shakes out. Like you, you have to have quality players. Like that's one thing you mentioned. You can't just have seven guys there. There needs to be a reason for them to be on the roster in terms of, hey, what type of quality does this guy bring to our roster? So, I wonder how that evaluation maybe changes some things inside when we talk about the Broncos offensive line. But as you mentioned, I think it's easier to know like, hey, you absolutely have to keep more than just your five offensive linemen. You have to have guys that can back them up. And how deep do you go in this situation? If Denver believes they have some guys that can be very, very impact contributors for them, then yeah, maybe they, they maybe they keep nine. But I, I see them keeping eight. I think you're maybe in the same boat as me on that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so, Cody. And to your point about what he was saying there, just that there's, yeah, there's baseline thresholds for certain positions. Like he said of, you know, well, at wide receiver, he didn't specifically say this, but he alluded to like at wide receiver, you're probably going to keep at least five guys, right? But what he's talking about there is like, you don't just say, oh, we're going to keep six or seven guys because that's what you do. 
No, you have to have, like you said, quality, which a lot of the comments that Sean Payton has been making over the course of training camp, over the course of the offseason, I'm alluding to the comments that he's made about, you know, the kicker competition, you know, being that, well, it could just be somebody who's not even currently on the roster. I think that uh, that logic can apply to every position group right now, especially position groups like offensive line, wide receiver, defensive line. We're, we're maybe even running back a little bit. I don't know. I guess we'll kind of wait and see there. But there's certain position groups on this team right now where I could see the Broncos looking at other rosters and being like, okay, well, we we are only going to keep four or five wide receivers initially on the 53, but that number could go up to six the next day, depending on what we see in on the waiver wire or guys that get cut or maybe we make a trade. So it, there's no need to to say right now, yeah, we're keeping we we got to have six receivers on the team. It may not be six receivers currently on the 90-man roster that end up making the team. It may not be nine offensive linemen on the roster that end up making the team. So we'll see what happens there. But I do think that we just need to keep an open mind to, I think there's going to be quite a bit of roster shuffling here in the next couple of weeks. Just as long as they don't trade for a kicker, Sarah, I am on the same boat as that. Don't give up capital for a kicker, folks. I know that was an idea that was floated out there that, you know, people want a kicker. People also want Jonathan Taylor. But they also say, what about the draft picks? So we'll figure out where everything lines in terms of the balance. Of Broncos country, our conversation on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos is going to continue as we talk about maybe some expectations here for Wednesday's joint practice and what the offensive line said, in particular, Quinn Miner is about skirmishes. We're going to share our thought. Should skirmishes happen during training camp? And on top of that, there is competition at outside linebacker. We can't wait to dive deeper down today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there, LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And it's super easy to create a free job post in minutes. Then all you do is you add your job and you add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions, which make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Make sure you close out this work year on the right note with the right team member today. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Joint training camp practices are here on Wednesday in the Valley. And one of the subjects we've seen all throughout the off season about these joint practices is skirmishes. The Rams themselves have been involved in one with AFC West division rival Las Vegas Raiders. Sarah, as we continue today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, I just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us their first listen of the day every single day. I want to get your thoughts on this, right? Because for me, having played football and anybody listening, you know, when you have a practice or like a camp and you have somebody else that's there, tensions tend to rise a little bit. Last year, obviously, the Cowboys came to town and that was a very, very tense training camp practice. I felt like Quinn Miners, when he met with the media on Tuesday, had a really good answer about that. Because, yeah, skirmishes happen. You want to avoid it because at the end of the day, you do that in the game, it's going to hurt you. You're going to get ejected or you're going to get fined or you're going to get 15 yards or all the above. 
But Quinn said that, you know, we want to be physical. We don't want to start anything, but we want to be physical. So how do you find that? I think this is going to be a great test. How disciplined do we see the Broncos be here under Sean Payton? And what are your thoughts on training camp scuffles? You know, Cody, I uh, I guess I, I mentioned it yesterday, but there's no Dalton Reisner there, so I don't know who's going to be getting <laughs> into the fights. I, I mean, I'm trying to think back to all those who who would get in fights. You know, uh, maybe Garrett Bowles, used to be the Derek Wolf. Yeah, Derek Wolf. Wolf. Back in the day. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like the Broncos should have an assigned like fighter on the like that one of one player should should be like uh, planned on getting kicked out of near the end of practice like. They should just get it over with. Just be like, hey, you start the fight and just get it done with so that everybody else learns from your mistake. Like, like what what would they call that? Kind of like a, a sacrificial lamb or something like that. Just uh, I, I Cody, I don't I, I wish that guys didn't get in fights, but I'm with you. Like if it was me and it was that hot and like I've been practicing against other guys and all of a sudden now you're going up against a new team, guys that you don't know, you don't have that same sort of relational equity with and maybe a guy starts talking trash out there on the field and he starts getting <laughs> at you for a couple reps like i would i might throw a little extra jab at the guy so i guess just i can't the blame these yeah just not at the helmet yeah maybe right at the chest or or something <laughs> like that you know but I, I can't blame these guys for getting heated out there literally and figuratively it's just it, it's the heat of competition and you want to be the best and when you're going up against a guy maybe you're having a tough day at practice you get, you lose your temper. I've broken tennis rackets. I've thrown golf clubs. Uh, you know, I've I have a temper when it comes to competition, Cody. So uh, just ask my my old TV that had a huge crack in it from you know I couldn't beat the stupid Wisconsin Badgers on NCAA football. So I'm not. Maybe I'm the wrong person to ask this question to, Cody, because I would absolutely get into a training camp fight. Uh, Broncos country, we want to hear from you. Make sure if you're watching on YouTube, comment. If you're listening wherever you get your podcast, send us something about your thoughts on training camp skirmishes. But let's get to some other stuff here. Uh, I found it very interesting, right? We heard Frank Clark's post-game press conference comments after the 49ers game asked about, you know, why were you playing in the fourth quarter? He said, I don't know. You should ask the coaches. Ask the coaches about that. But we look at the outside linebacker position yesterday's show, ironically, I don't know if Sean Payton listened, but, you know, we had said something along the lines like, hey, Jonathan Cooper should be the starter. Sean Payton had some interesting things to say about the outside linebacker position. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, it's hard for you to even look at the competition and say it's Clark and Cooper because I might look at you and say, no, you, you got that wrong, but I'm not going to worry about trying to get it right for you. Um, I think that there's competition, period, at outside linebacker. Little uh, mystique regarding the starting positions at any position. I think Payton likes to play things close to the vest, Cody. We know that, but... I think we can all kind of see through some of the stuff. Like there's some smoke and mirrors with the depth chart, with the way that things go in the preseason, but some stuff just kind of seems obvious when a guy like Frank Clark is playing into the fourth quarter of a preseason game, gives you the vibes that he's in the proverbial doghouse, right? So I guess being out at practice every day, what's your read on the situation? How did you read into Sean Payton's comments here? Because I think, I mean, you kind of chuckle when he gives an answer like this, but at the same time, it's like, well, how are we supposed to read into it? Well, I mean, he did say, he's like, you guys think it's Cooper and Clark, but it's like, but he mentioned Cooper twice. So it's like, all right, Jonathan Cooper is obviously the evidence starter at some position. Maybe it's a competition between Randy Gregory and Frank Clark, but that wouldn't make sense considering how much money you're paying Randy Gregory. To me, it's Randy and it's Jonathan Cooper. And I think that's not a bad thing as we talked about yesterday. Nick Benito is a good option there. 
for them coming off the bench. Baron Browning, when he returns to Frank Clark, a veteran guy who's done it, isn't a bad option to come off the bench in certain situations. And I think Dever right there is in a good spot, but he did say the outside, there is competition at outside linebacker. I can't wait to see it all play out. Does that mean maybe we'll see a little bit of Randy Gregory, Frank Clark here in this preseason game? Will we see Jonathan Cooper? I mean, Sean Payton did say that he's going to hold out some guys. You may see some guys here play a few snaps, but ultimately it won't be more than a series if they're like key guys, frontline guys, as he would tend to call them. But a lot of interesting things to be had here. And obviously the Broncos will have their first joint practice with the LA Rams on Wednesday at the Centura Health Training Center. You can check out all my written recap stuff over there, milehighsports.com. You can check out Sarah's written stuff, predominantlyorange.com. We'll also break all down all the action here on Lockdown Broncos so you never miss out on what's going on with the team that you love to follow. I'm there at practice every day, so I share what I see and I share what I can, what I'm allowed to report on. But Broncos country, thank you so much for rocking with us here for yet another episode of the show. Sarah and myself will be back tomorrow to recap day one of Denver Broncos joint practices with the L.A. Rams.